This morning, um, we're in our series entitled The Crown. And um, I've, uh, you know, just really been thinking a lot, praying a lot, focusing a lot on what Jesus did for us, on what he accomplished for us. But it all started with his birth. Um, you know, in, in the last few years, I don't know, I, I've just been aware of it. I, I, maybe you have, but, but um, some public Christian figures out there, I've noticed uh, there's, been a, there's been a number of people that have um, really begun to question their faith in Jesus. Um, I saw a guy that, that I'd watched and was part of a church and an organization for, for a lot of years. And um, I saw a quote of his last year in 2019, and he said, um, he said that he's come to the place where he believes that Christianity is just another religion. Just another religion. And I heard another quote from somebody um, that actually said they don't believe in Christianity anymore. They don't believe in Christianity. And one of the things that will never change with Christianity from, from decade to decade, from century to century, you know, from one time period to the next, and, and Christianity that we have known of, um, that, that we know of, Christianity began a little over 2,000 years ago with the, the death and the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, and the completion at the right hand of the Father of what Jesus Christ accomplished. But it all started with a miraculous birth all of it started with a miraculous birth. And you know, I, I, I've thought a lot about that things through generations change, but one thing that will never change is that Christianity will never be another religion. And if you study Christianity, and then you become a believer in Jesus Christ, then you, what you believe is, and you don't, have to, you don't have to force it on anybody else. Anybody can believe whatever they want to. But what will never change is there's not, there's not multiple roads that lead to heaven. There's only one road, and there's only one way. And his name is Jesus. There's no other way. And what his birth produced was an answer to questions through the ages that people have asked. Who am I? Where did I come from? What am I here for? 
What's my purpose and my plan in the earth? His birth produced all those answers. All of them. Because when Mary believed the angel, what was her word? So be it according to your word. So be it according to what you say. And the process began. The conception began. The sperm of the father impregnated Mary. And never being with a man produced a child in a supernatural way. And what that, what that began, what that started, what that produced was the answers to all of the difficult questions in life. And you and I, I'm, I'm telling you today that you, you will never, no matter, no matter how difficult times get that you're walking through in life, I don't care how difficult it gets. Jesus said this. He said, in the world is much tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So you have to understand in the midst of difficult times how to draw from the truth of God's Word and apply that Word or you're going to live your life looking for easy street instead of truth street. You're going to live your life trying to look for a place that is free from difficult stuff instead of extracting revelation from the truth that empowers you to be able to deal with anything that you face. And it will answer all those questions I just put out there that have been questions of humanity for years and years and years and every other question that's asked, it's answered in Christ. When we started this series, I read you the definition of crown in the New Testament in the Greek. And the word is stephanos in the Greek. And it's the symbol of authority. It's the victor's crown. And the crown is for the one in authority, and in our case, the ones who choose to walk in the authority of God. Whoever chooses to walk in this authority that God has given us, receive the crown. We receive the crown of life. We've talked about that in the last couple of services. Isaiah, 2,000 years prior to what Jesus, what happened with Jesus in his life, in Isaiah 9, prophesied his coming. He said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In other words, I got it covered. I'm coming and I'm going to give you every answer to every issue, everything you ever face, ever. But it won't be something that's just handed to you. You've got to embrace it and then implement it. 
and reinforce it. He said the government was on his shoulders, not on ours. What's on your and my shoulders today is to enforce what he said is so. Because, look at, look at the next part of this. He said, there will be no end. Oh, wait, 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 wait. He said, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of this government in peace, there shall be no end. No end to the increase of this government that was on his shoulders. The government was on his shoulders. He accomplished this. There'll never be an end to the increase of his government, which is his way of doing and operating and and functioning on planet earth. There'll never be an end to the increase of it. Unless humanity sits and does nothing. If humanity does nothing with what Jesus accomplished, then there'll be no increase to his way of doing and operating in the earth. One thing I've learned is that I will forever live my life on planet earth from one faith experience to the next. Not from one simple experience to the next, from one faith experience to the next. And every time I go from faith to the next level of faith, I learn things and I gain revelation from God's word that I had never seen before. Same scriptures I've known for 40 plus years and I get something out of it and it's relative for the day I'm living in. And you have to be able to withstand the pressure and the difficulties that you're faced with or you'll not have the revelation you need in the moment to answer the difficult things that you face. Gosh, I wish there was some other way. But there's not. And because there's not, I've embraced. I'm not letting the increase of his government fall to the wayside on my watch. I don't care how difficult things are. I don't care what we face. Nothing is bigger than God. Absolutely nothing. That's what his birth produced. The word government in the Hebrew and out of Isaiah 6, the word government is the word something, misral, M-I-S-R-A-L, and it means rule, authority, and dominion. And as I said, that rule, authority, and dominion is what he produced and what we enforce. That's the way it works. We're joint heirs with him. He did his part He did his part, and he's empowered us with everything that he accomplished his part with. It's inside of us to accomplish our part. And he's also helping us to accomplish our part. Man, 
It's a win-win if we just don't quit and we don't just stay stupid. Right? Right. Galatians 4 and 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to do what? To redeem you and I. Those of us who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons and daughters. We've received the adoption. We're part of the family. We're connected to him. And how, how did all that come about? When he was conceived. The moment he was conceived, the process started. Well, actually, the process started before the foundation of the world. God already had the plan set up. Before the foundation of the world, he already had this plan set up. But it was activated the moment Mary said, so be it, according to your word. The NIV in that verse of scripture in, um, what is that, Luke 2, no, Luke 1, 37, I think it is. The NIV says, no word from God will ever fail. And she put that in motion. And so it produced for you and I. Colossians 1 and verse 26 says, The mystery which has been hidden from the ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? It's Christ revealed in me, which is the hope of glory, right? Christ revealed in me is the hope of glory. And, and, and last week we read the definition of the word glory, that it's God's essence, it's his worth, it's his substance. God's essence, God's worth, God's substance, God's essence, who he is. His worth, his substance, everything about him is the mystery hidden from the ages that's now been revealed in the, in the hearts of mankind. And if you and I allow the word and the seed of the word to become that revelation, that mystery is the hope of the world. What is? What is that mystery? It's revealing through a person the essence of and the substance and the worth of God Almighty. But nothing that comes against you and I will cause us to take a knee and bow a knee to something in the natural that appears to be so difficult that we can't make it. No. No, no, no. Everything that mankind needed to have all of heaven working on their behalf, was on his shoulders. He took care of it, and now he's given us his word, he's given us his spirit, he's given us his essence, his worth. He's given us who he is to be able to accomplish anything that we face. I'm just telling you today, there's no excuse There's no excuse. 
no matter how difficult something gets in all of our lives, everybody's had difficult stuff. Everybody's wanted to throw in the towel, quit, give up, forget this, I'm tired of that, whatever. Everybody's felt that way. You just don't let that stop. And God will use you to allow his essence, his worth, and his substance to flow through you to all of humanity. That's the hope of the world. That's the hope of the world. John 1.14 And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. What was that? We beheld his essence, his worth, his substance. The glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We beheld him. Behold. He came forth. In James 1.12, these are all scriptures we read in the last two weeks. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Now read that again, that's in the NIV. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because. Blessed is the one who perseveres under difficulties because. Having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. That crown is on the other side. But God wants you wearing the crown now by faith. Because. You've learned from the Word of God and the revelation of God's Word how to endure and overcome through trial and difficulties. No matter what, I will overcome. I will not back off. I will not stop. I will not quit. Those that don't quit, they reap. But what we reap more than anything is living in that revelation of the essence and the substance, and the worth of God Almighty. Nothing can compare to that. When I hear a person say, when I read a quote and then I hear him say, and then I hear other people say that they heard him actually say it, that I just believe after all these years of my life that Christianity is just another religion. You may have gone through the motions. He may have, you know, done certain things and had this appearance of Christianity, but he didn't know my God. See, because when you know something and it's real to you, you don't have to, you don't have to make other people believe that. When somebody's trying to convince the whole world that they believe that Christianity is just another religion? They didn't know him in the beginning. You, you can't know him and develop a relationship with him and then lose it. <laughs> now there's a lot of people that disagree with me on that. But I'm saying, 
If you're genuinely born again and you're developing and you're growing in the revelation of the seed of God's word, you can't believe that. You can't believe that. You cannot believe things like that. What that says is, either you didn't get born again or you've never gone past being born again. Two different things. You've spent all your life continuing with an unrenewed mind, unrenewed ways, giving place to unrenewed ways, and they change the way you think. You start out good and you start out strong and you start out with everybody else and kind of living off the coattails of everybody else. But there comes a day. It's got to be real to you. And that's, that's why you and I are in people's lives. You have to be a living testimony of how real God is. God doesn't need your help to try to get people saved. I'll just tell you this. I find a lot of times that people that I come in contact with for the first time, many of those people, first time for sometimes years, they're not ready for my God. But they're looking for my God. And the only way they're going to find my God is if they find him and they believe that I believe in him. Because then one day there'll be the time and I can lead that person or someone else will lead that person. But you've got to be that person that believes in him. I'm not just talking about him. We've got to believe him. And we've got to believe in his word. And we've got to believe that everything that we need is in the seed of the word. We have to believe that. So today, <clears throat> I'm leaving you with five things. I'm leaving you with five things that I believe that the birth of Jesus has given us. And if you don't allow anything to rob you of these and you keep developing these day to day to day nothing can stop your life and every question I ask in the beginning it'll be answered where did I come from why am I here what's my purpose what's my plan all of those will be answered if you don't lose these five things if you don't allow anything to rob you of continued revelation of these five things. Number one, it's found in Philippians 2 and verse 9. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. To the essence, the substance, the worth of God the Father. Jesus Christ, what his birth produced was a name above every name. And when that name is confessed by every human being, 
God's desire is not that one should perish, but everybody to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Everybody. If you keep that and you develop that in your life, nothing can stop you. You know why? Because no matter what you face, I don't care what it is, no matter what situation or issue that you face in life, it's got a name. And the name of Jesus is above that name. Meaning, he's got the answer for you to overcome whatever you face. Number two, found in 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. When God sent, when the Father sent the angel to Mary, he sent the angel to Mary because he cared for you. And when Mary accepted and she conceived, what happened that moment was the care of God overcoming and overshadowing and overtaking your life. God can care for your life better than you can. So, what he's saying to do is cast every care, all anxiety, cast it. What the birth of Jesus produced for you and I is the ability to verbally cast every care. Every single care. Yeah, but what about, no, I'm, I'm casting it. Yeah, but I'm afraid, no, 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 he didn't give me fear. I cast that fear away. I cast this situation with my mouth. Not, not ignoring, not acting like something isn't there, but verbally speaking to what is there and letting it know. God's bigger than this. It has a name, but the name of Jesus is above this. I don't have to give in to this. I don't, have to, I don't have to relinquish control of my life and give it to this situation right here. He's bigger and better. Lord, I cast the care on you. Never let that stop, ever. The birth of Jesus gave you that. Number three, found in Psalm 23 in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. And I shall never want. The birth of Jesus produced more than enough in my life. I will never want for a thing in life because of what the blood of Jesus did. Because of what the birth of Jesus Christ set in motion. The government Isaiah said, will rest upon his shoulder. God's way of doing and operating rests upon his shoulders. You knowing that he's got it all covered because he's your shepherd, he's your father. You'll never want in life for anything is what you have to believe in. Never let that go because the birth of Jesus started that thing in motion because you can't separate the birth and the life and the death and the burial, the resurrection and the ascension. You can't separate those. They're one. 
but the birth started it. The Lord's your shepherd. You'll never want. Not on his watch, which will never end. <laughs> his watch will never end. We can say, well, not on my watch. Well, that'll come to an end. But not his watch. His watch will never end. Number four, it's found in Isaiah 53 in verse 4. Surely he took up our pain and he bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. Never forget what tries to separate people from God is ailments. Things coming against their physical body tries to separate people from God. I'm telling you today, by his stripes, you're healed. Anybody ever been attacked in your body? Raise your hand if you've ever been attacked in your body. No, I want to see every hand up. All the liars are going to, no, no. Everybody's been attacked in their bodies. I don't care who you are, everybody's been attacked. He was crushed. Look what it says about him. He was crushed. He was punished. He was stricken. He was afflicted. He was pierced through. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, meaning I don't have to take it. That's why I'm healed. I'm healed. You have to put your faith out for that. I was at home early this morning, and I was in, sitting in a chair, and I got up out of the chair, and ooh, my lower back just kind of grabbed. Not now. First words out of my mouth. No, in the name of Jesus. I am well. I'm strong. My body's strong. Everything's in place. Everything's in perfect placement in my body, declaring those things out of my mouth. I'm not tolerating that. I'm not tolerating it. He paid the price so I wouldn't have to. He paid the price so that I could be well. Don't ever forget that. Because those things will try to discourage you and take you to a place where you will not believe God. And I'm telling you, it's all lies. No matter how you feel today, no matter what you go through or anything else, it's all lies. And number five, found in 1 Corinthians 1 and 30, and I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. God has united you with Christ Jesus. We're joint heirs. We're one. We're together. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin.
He is our wisdom. We are his righteousness. Amen? Not righteous in ourselves. We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? He made you and I right. And now, the wisdom that he is, he gives to us daily, and it's revealed to us daily if we position ourselves to receive it. And that wisdom causes us to be right on a day-to-day basis. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But if I choose to act like the devil and do nothing with the word of God, that righteousness will sit there. I'm righteous. If I'm born again, you're righteous. But whether that righteousness is implemented or not depends on whether you do anything with what you've received. Don't ever forget that. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. So as I read this last verse, did I tell you that was the last verse? No, I did? I repent. So as I read this last verse for the second time, Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Why? Because of the birth. And read it again. To him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Because of the birth. He can do anything. He's already done everything. I'll say it again. He can do anything. He's already done everything. And whether what he's already done works or not is determined by the last part of that verse. According to the power that works in us. According to what we do with what we hear and what we meditate on, according to what we do with what we have inside of us, what what has been given to us, determines whether what he's already done will work for us. And if you ever forget that, what you're set up for is to begin to believe That when something happens that you didn't intend to happen, that it was God's will just because, you know, something didn't take place the way you thought it was going to, you'll begin to believe that you just never know what God will do. Sometimes he'll work and sometimes he won't. Sometimes he'll heal and sometimes he won't. Sometimes this, that, and the other. The world needs to know the things that I'm talking about today. They need to know the baby Jesus and what he was really all about. And he was born with one purpose, and that was to redeem you and I, to liberate us and cause us to walk in that authority and to begin to wear our crowns in this life by faith, not waiting for the other side. 
Thank God for the other side and the true manifestation of the crown that is prepared for those who did what was, what was supposed to be done here, to walk by faith, to repent of the failures or the things that we're doing and things we didn't overcome in. Repent, move on, move on, move on. Stay with the word. Don't quit. Amen? That's all he's looking for. Don't quit. Don't stop. Keep doing it. It works. The word works. And God's true to his word today. What an amazing God. Why, why would anyone not want the God we're talking about today? Why would anybody not want him? The only reason is because they don't know him. And what's been lacking in their life is somebody that really knows him that's demonstrating that in their life. How many people have you ever met? That when you, if you shared something with them about Jesus, oh yeah, I've heard of all that stuff. I've watched all that. I knew this guy and he was this and I knew this guy and he was like that. And I had this bad experience. I went to a church one time and, you know, they, some, some lady kicked me or, you know, who knows? I mean, right? You know, they were ugly to me or they did this. or I mean, everybody has, everybody's got their bad experience with Christianity. Because the devil's working overtime. And yet, what is the will of the Father? Everybody be saved. Everybody. I'm just telling you right now. You got friends, you got family. Entering the Christmas time, and if you live in a state when you can meet for Christmas, and you maybe you're around family and some of your family irritates you or you don't like this person or that person or you may be on the job or whatever, there's somebody you don't like, just remember, Most people are not ready for the God that you know because they're waiting on you. And I, I, I can't tell you, when I learned that probably 25, 30 years ago, quit shoving the gospel down people's throats. I got saved and man, all my family, man, they'd have family reunions and they wouldn't invite me. Why would we bring that guy? We don't want to hear all that mess about Jesus and shoving it down their throat and all that kind of mess. Man, when God just showed me, he said, just shut up and just live, right? Just be, just be, just be, a, be who you are. Find out who you are first and be who you are and then just let it shine. Just love people. And one day, it may not be you, you may not be there to pick the fruit in their life, but you started the process. Just love people. And one day they'll be ready. I can just tell you, there's a lot of people that I've ministered Jesus to on the streets and different places, and they weren't ready. They, 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 were, they were no more ready for Jesus than a man in the moon. Not ready for it. And I'm telling you, the world is hungry for God. But what they're really waiting on is people to accept and develop what the birth of Jesus produced for them. Man, I like that thought. I really like that thought. Jesus died for you so you could be redeemed and liberated and set free.